I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough. You know, but when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough. I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call. You, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. Welcome to episode 20 of Cats Got Our Tongue. 20 episodes in, and we still are kicking. So, I'm not Claire Partain, as you can clearly hear and understand. This is Andrew Zimmel, a.k.a. the VP of Podcasting at the University Star, a.k.a. the Texas State Sports Perez. Claire is still on vacation in Switzerland. She is having a much better time than you and I are here in San Marvelous, where it is a billion and a half degrees outside, and we are in the broom closet known as the University Star Podcast Studio. So we have a very short but important podcast where we talk about the Texas State men's schedule. We talk about the beginning of the football schedule, how now the practices are kind of underway. They're kicking off. We are recording the same day that the practice actually starts, July 31st. So that's pretty cool. Uh, August 4th is media day, so next week you're going to get a lot of interviews and us breaking that down for you. So that's going to be great. Um, I have Sean and Chando coming on to do his weekly, you know, talking about the Texas State schedule, what he expects from this team or that team. So you're going to want to stick around for that. That's towards the end of the podcast. So the basketball team, the new schedule comes out. 31 games, 17 are played in front of the Bobcat faithful. First off, I want to say that if you get your information off the Texas State Athletic website, you're going to notice that every time that they write anything, they don't give us the news. They just they, they try to fluff it up. They try to do a little bit too pretty of writing. If you're going to do pretty writing, you're in the wrong industry. You need to go write for a literary magazine or something like that. In front of the Bobcat faithful, right off the bat, kind of disgusting to look at. So we end up playing five teams that made the NCAA tournament. A few years ago, Abilene Christian, Baylor, Georgia State, Houston, Prairie View A&M. We're going to play Georgia State no matter what because they are in our conference. So, But we end up playing a couple of those pretty good-sized schools coming into San Marcos. It is a schedule that looks a little bit better than it did a year ago. Last year, they won 19 straight games to start the season. They were 19-0 at one point last year. And many, including myself, were on the record saying that the week out of conference schedule led to a sense of, I don't know, false and we'll call it entitlement to winning games that we probably shouldn't have won down the stretch. So the Bobcat team ends up losing in the Sunbelt tournament a round earlier than I think a lot of people wanted them to lose. I think a lot of people thought they were a team that was going to make the conference finals. They made it to the semifinals. Of course, Nigel Pearson had that, Kind of tough game, but I digress. So out of conference schedule this year, it doesn't look nearly as, I'm not going to say weak as it has in years past. They end up playing Prairie View A&M, Jackson State, Abilene Christian, uh, Hartford on November 30th, uh, Baylor on the 15th, and then they go and play UNLV on the 20th. So the out of conference schedule isn't terrible. Now, a lot of those people on Twitter and on you know social media groups, message boards, who were saying that the out-of-conference schedule was weak last year or now, the same people saying that those t- 
teams that we're playing, the teams that are better now, should be coming to San Marcos. Should be playing a straight hand Coliseum. Should be, and in some in some aspect, we should be getting better games in an arena that we filled a lot last year. I want to say that of the top seven or eight most attended games in Texas State men's basketball history, I want to say five of them were last year. So the fan support for this team is there now. Now it's can we get better teams to come in? Can we get better teams to face off against our Bobcats? So out-of-conference schedule, not very weak or stronger than it was in years past. Conference schedule, we're not even there yet at this point. We don't really want to be dissecting and breaking down what teams are going to be better than they were last year, what teams are going to be worse. I know Georgia State's going to be worse because they lost their head coach. I know UTA is going to be a lot better because now they have another year under their for or the second year head coach now. So they're going to be a lot better. Nigel Pearson, this is his last year to kind of show out to be in a lot of people's minds the best Bobcat ever. This is where he really can put his stamp on this program. Talk about, you know, where he is on the pantheon of Texas State athletes all time. If he has a great season this year, if he breaks the scoring records, the rebound records, the assist records, the defensive stats that he's been able to put up since his freshman year, if he can do all of this, then does we put him on the same pedestal as we do a Charles Austin or a Jeff Foster who both end up having great pro careers? Or does Nigel's career end at Texas State? And if it does, where does that rank him just as a Texas State athlete? So a lot of questions coming into the season. The schedule was put out last night or I want to say mid-afternoon yesterday, didn't really catch any buzz until later night. Uh, I think that the biggest pushback that we've gotten a lot of is why wasn't this better covered? We're on the podcast right now talking about it, so we're covering it right now. But I do, I do want to say, in our defense, defense of the star, defense of other outlets covering this, it is football season coming up, and it doesn't really – this basketball schedule, I think, is going to be something that's going to get talked about a little bit later not right now. It's not very important news right now. I just want to lead the podcast off with it because for some reason, and I fall into this trap too sometimes, for some reason, the University Star and myself and our writers really enjoy the men's basketball team and bring it up at every single turn. So for those of you that have listened to this podcast since the beginning, you know that this is a every single week thing. We got to talk about men's basketball. So schedule comes out, out of conference schedule, okay. In conference schedule, Okay, too. We'll break it down in a uh, later date. So the other big thing is that fall practice is starting for the football team. Football is right around the corner. There is not a lot of not a lot of time left before we finally get to see what these Bobcats can do. And everybody has hypothesized. I've said that this is a six-win team, that that's where the bar is set. I know Colton has said that this is a five-and-a-half, six-win team. Uh, Sean has gone every single week and kind of given you who he expects to win each every single game down the uh, down the line. We're getting closer and closer to conference games in his predictions, so you're going to get those next week. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting with this uh, this football team because if you look at it right now, we record this on the 31st. Fall practice opened today, uh, August 1st through 7th is practice. The fourth. This coming Sunday, so next podcast you hear, we're going to talk about this. You get media day. So we'll have all of the interviews and all the players who we talk to and all that type of jazz next podcast episode. So media day is 
this coming uh, Sunday. The 7th is the first day of full pads. Of course, they do scrimmage on the 10th. I don't think that that is open up to the public. Uh, full pads on the 13th, shells on the 14th and 15th, and interviews in all after those last three practices. So let's break it down. We're getting closer and closer to football season, people. And if you haven't already thought about going to the Texas A&M, Texas State game on August 29th, it's on a Thursday, makes it very hard for fans to get there, students to get there. And we've kind of said this before, and we've said it again, and we've wrote it, and we've put it on the podcast, and we've done it on Twitter. And we keep saying that the way that you can turn this negative into a positive because the negative is that it's on a Thursday. The people that I knew that were going to be there on Saturday, the beat writers, everybody that was going to be there on Saturday, they're not going to be there now because it's a Thursday. They can't take time off. They can't get to College Station the way that they need to to cover this team. Just not the San Marcos people, not the University Star people, but the, the other newspapers around the area, the San Antonio Express News, the Statesman, those type of people. They're not going to go to College Station to follow this game. Pro... It does kick off college football season. They are going to be on, I want to say, ESPN2 or ESPNU to kick off the college football season. So that's kind of special. Texas State, the last time that they've been on a premier night, they played Florida State in 2015. That did not end the way that a lot of fans thought it was going to end. But it's going to be a game that is going to be very important for Texas State to show out for. Because if Texas State fans don't come to the Kyle Field, Texas State fans don't get to College Station, then the myth or the you know reputation that Texas State has had over the past couple seasons of not being a good team that travels, not being a team that will go and follow the squad the way the other schools do is just going to be proven true because College Station is only three hours away. And this is the closest game Texas State plays outside of a home game. They don't play a lot of games very close to home because of the Sunbelt Conference, how Texas State's the furthest west team. That's for a different day. This is a prime example of where Texas State Athletics, the Texas State Institution, could do the right thing and go get five buses and go bus up 500 students to go to this game and to have – a little bit of a student section because there's a billion Aggies that are going to be in College Station. There's going to be a billion and a half A&M fans watching on television. Okay, but if you can have 500 Texas State students, just enough for the camera to pan to when, if this game becomes a blowout, when, if Texas State gets run off the field, if you can have students there, 500 students, looking excited, showing that they have support for the team, in the long run, this will help Texas State reputation-wise. Spoutall is going to do everything he can. I've talked to him a little bit off the record. He's going to do everything he can to bring a winning culture to Texas State. Withers did a really good job of setting up a locker room culture. Spav is trying to win on the field. The defense is set and primed to have another great season that they've continued to have since about 2014. This defense has been pretty good. If you are a Texas State fan and you can get to Kyle Field on the 29th, if you're a Texas State fan and you have the means to get a ticket to go to that game, I strongly, no, I highly recommend that you do that. Because if Texas State can have a good showing out, 
then in the long run, it's going to help Texas State. It's going to help the reputation of the Bobcat brand, something that has been dormant, especially on the football side of things, for the better part of 15 years. Next up, we have Sean and Chando talking to us about the Texas State football schedule. Last week, we talked ULM on, on October 10th. Now, in this fantasy world that we continue to run through, Sean is going to talk to us about the Bobcats going to Jonesboro, Arkansas to talk Texas State versus Arkansas State on October 26th. So you're going to want to stick around for that because it's happening right now. All right, on the phone line right now, we have Sean talking to us about Arkansas State. Texas State, I think, according to you, it would be, what, 3-3 three and three right now going into this game? 3-2 and two right now going yeah. into this game? All right, talk to us three, about it. Three and three going to this game. Um, Arkansas State. Well, well, first off, I want to kind of uh, kind of start off how the game was last year. Um, so in last year's game, the Bobcats, um, as you remember, were routed by the Red Wolves, thirty-three to seven. Tyler Vitt, he was harassed pretty much the whole game, and once again, the offense couldn't get anything going. Um, quarterback Justice Hansen. Justice Hansen from uh, Arkansas State, he threw for over 276 yards, two touchdowns. Running back Warren Juan, uh, he rushed for 145 yards and a touchdown. So the defense kind of gave up, too. And, and as you guys remember, that was the game where Chris Woods took over for uh, Everett Withers after he was fired, and the team had pretty much quit by then. So it was, it was, a, it was a pretty nasty game, uh, if, if you remember that one. Yeah, so Texas State coming into this game, they go into Jonesboro, Arkansas, but they do have a week off. This is coming off a of bye week. What do you think the yeah. bye week is going to do for Texas State? Well, it'll, it'll help them kind of uh, start figuring things out. Um, you're gonna when when you're on your bye, you, you start you want to get back to your fundamentals. You want to uh, you you want to kind of try to adjust things. Uh, that that you've been doing wrong, or or maybe something that you've been trying that hasn't been been working out. You probably try to readjust that, and um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully they won't be three and three. Maybe they'll be four and two. But I, I'm thinking they're gonna be three and three. So they'll be going to this game. This game's gonna be tough, though. Why is this game um, gonna be so tough? Talk to me. Why Arkansas State might be the best team in the Sun Belt West Division? Because they they've been recruiting very well. They are very well coached. Um, even though they did lose a lot of a lot of their coaching staff, uh, I really think they this going to be a hard team to um, to be like they. Uh, this is where Texas State wants to be in a few years. Is where uh, Arkansas State is uh, with with. Um, sorry, I just lost my son. I have a baby over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we. Sorry <laughs> But um, yeah, um, so Arkansas State, they do have to replace a slew of playmakers. Um, uh, Justice Hansen, their quarterback, is um, leaving. Um, they are losing a lot of their their defensive players. Um, but um, and they they did lose a lot of their 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 corners. But as you know, when you have a program that's that's pretty well established, those guys, uh, those guys, the, these new guys coming in are. They're going to transition. I think they'll transition very well. Um, they they've been good. 
uh, with the last five years. I think in the last six uh, five years, they uh, they've ranked in the top sixty offensively. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, for the last five seasons, uh, Coach Blake Anderson has has had his offense ranked in the top sixty. So, I don't know. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about this whole transition. I think they have a uh, they have a good program established over there. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Arkansas State because they come in with a seasoned, seasoned-ish system. Blake Anderson's now, or the, their head coach, is now the longest tenured head coach in the Sun Belt Conference. So they they come in with a lot of experience. They come in with a system that works. Texas State, you you are talking about them coming in and maybe potentially limping into this game. Give me one reason why Texas State could sneak a win out in this game. Um, maybe because they, they might have um the the better defense. If anything, it, it could be their their defense that they'll outperform them. The Arkansas State doesn't have a great defense. They had a lot of trouble start, uh, stopping the run last year, and I I think Texas State could potentially be a, a they could be a, a smash mouth running offense. So that 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 could really help them out, um, and, and if they could just control the clock, keep them off the keep their offense off the field, hopefully, or 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 maybe hopefully Arkansas State that won't be comfortable with who their quarterback is because they I think this year they're going to have like a three man competition, so hopefully uh, Texas State can hope that that um, they still haven't figured it out and they might just be having an off year. So I talked a little earlier. I talked a little earlier about how the uh, practices are now starting for Texas State. Football is right Mm -hmm. around the corner. I wanted to say one more thing, uh, kind of off the Arkansas State topic. But Texas State goes and plays Texas A&M in about a month right now. Do you Mm -hmm. think? What do you think the turnout for that game is going to be? For Texas State? Yeah, for Texas State. How many fans do you think are going to be there for Texas State? I think a lot of people are going to go up there. It's not that far. I, I think I'm I'm trying to get those days off. I want to drive up there. I, I'm thinking around. Uh, I think you can get around ten thousand fans up there. I don't think that's that's crazy. You think ten thousand Texas State fans are going to be there? Oh yeah. All right. I think they. I think it's possible. Like I think that I'm I'm shooting a little high, but I, this game they've been talking about this game for years. And, all right. and there's a lot of there's a lot of Texas State alum all all over the state. Do you think, that, that area. Do you think Texas State wins this game against Arkansas State? No, I don't think they win this game. So, um, I think they're. I know I've been kind of negative on this thing, but I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be fair. Um, I, I look. I looked at the win probability. Uh, Arkansas State has a 76 percent chance of winning this game, according to the S and P. Um, they're very well coached. The program is. It, it's. I think they're going to be. They're going to be up there with like Detroit's and the Appalachian State, probably in the in, either this year or next year, possibly. Uh, I know they are. They're losing a lot of their players, but the recruits. I think they have better recruits in Texas State. So like, even though they're replacing a lot of the players, they're, they're the players are already going to be uh, better than Texas State. So I think they win twenty-seven to fourteen. So that'll put uh, the Bobcats at three and four, going into the Louisiana Lafayette game. All right, can't wait to talk to you next week about that, Sean. All right, man. I'll I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.
So that's going to do it for Cats Got Our Tongue. Talk to you guys next week when we break down ULL, Media Day, and everything else Texas State. I want to thank Sean and Chondale for coming on to talk to us about Arkansas State. He says they're going to be 3-4 and four going into next week's ULL game. So we'll talk about that and more next week. Thanks, guys, for listening.